your co-host Kenny Buller. Welcome on the second floor podcast. We would have to something like this and here it is. with the heaters, got the tracks Looking kind of dapper, but it be chilling. It's no matter about my business. All right, so we have a very special guest on the second floor podcast. I have uh, the one and only Don Saladino. Welcome, my friend. Thanks, brother. It's good, good to see you, Kenny. Thanks. Hundred percent, man. If uh, anyone doesn't know who Don is, I feel like you're living under a rock. <laughs> so definitely look up Don. Uh, I personally had the fortunate chance to meet you, Don, um, at one of our live conferences related to, um, you know, the strength and fitness and health industry here in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Um, and out of everyone that showed up, you really stood out to me, man. Like, thanks, brother. You're someone where I feel like you really demand your presence. Um, you really know how to land a really good first impression. And there's just so many incredible things I feel like you've done in the fitness industry. Um, uh, you know, you. One being, you know, you've helped develop, uh, you know, many superheroes physiques in the um, celebrity world. I think that's mm-hmm. why my background is very fitting. It says superhero in training. So look out world. I might be Don Saladino's next client. <laughs> I love it a lot. But uh, what I want to dive into first, man, is like, I think it's so exciting to ask people why they do what they do. And I think that can be the driving force to really um, result into some of the incredible things um, that I'm sure you have have been a part of. So um, I just want to start off by asking you, man, like, why do you wake up and do everything that you do, especially with you doing things on such a massive scale in the health and fitness industry? You know, you didn't just stop at... I want to save people's lives. I want to do one-on-one training. Um, throughout your journey, you've taken that to massive scales. So I want to ask, you know, what, what makes you wake up every day and do it? Yeah, you know, when, when you ask me, why do I do what I do? You know, I think of it from, from different standpoints, right? I think of it as, you know, what do I do? What do I do? Why do I do what I do and work? Um, you know, why am I, you know, trying to scale, what we're trying, scaling my business and, and staying in connection with, with all these people? And then why do I do what I do with myself? Because I think sometimes people kind of scratch their head and they're like, why are you like, what are you pushing for? Why are you continuing to do this? So, you know, I'll start with work first. Um, You know, there's not too many things, you know, there's not too many professions that I feel like that would would you put into, you can really get out of, right? Like even professional athletes, you can, I I played college baseball, you know, you can hit till you're blue in the face and, you know, you could still go for, right? Like I think in, in training, in, um, in, in what it is I started out doing. And, you know, I, I do really, I don't take on one-on-one anymore. I haven't done that in four years, but I still work with a couple of people, but those are, it's like family, right? So um, to help them for roles, um, you know, but it is cool in this industry, how we can continue our education. You can improve your speaking. You can go to conferences. You can work with different demographics of people and do this for decades and get better and better and better. It's just, I, I just feel like it's one of those things where you can, you know, just continue to get better and better and better. I think the mistake that most coaches are making is they think it all lies in a certification and then they get caught in training people one-on-one every day and they fall into a rut. It's just, they're not going to make any more money. They're not going to scale anymore. Um, they're not going to, you know, um, build and develop, right? They're, they're just going to, you know, come in and go through the motions of, you know, work, 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 work. And that's it. Like they're, they're, it was actually funny, a group of, um, 
uh, a group of buddies of mine opened a um, little facility, um, you know, in, in New York City. And they're very young, like almost too young to even stop with their continuing education. Yet they're focusing on their business and they stop going to conferences, right? They stop connecting with people. And I'm looking at them like, what are you doing? Like, I've become the ultimate connector. Like, I'll have people reach out to me that I haven't spoken to in three, four, five years. And they're like, oh, do you, do you know coaches in Dubai? I'm like, yes. Do you know coaches in Australia? I'm like, what area? Like, it, it, it's, I, I don't want to sit here and not make that connection. Now, what do I get out of it? I don't, I don't, I'm not getting paid for it. Why do I want to be that connector? Because I want to get it to the point where when people even think of anything, health, fitness, wellness, I'm the first thing that comes to their mind. And, and and adding that type of value and helping people out and making deposits in their life is what's allowed me to scale my business on on many areas. Right now, I'm a consultant. Now I'm getting hired by you know different you know scaling gym concepts that are opening that are doing what I did years ago. And I'm sitting in at meetings and I'm thinking to myself like, oh shit, I remember going through this in 2007. I remember going through this in 2005. I remember that permitting process in 2004. Right, and I'm able to sit there and I'm able to help. And I'm able to run with it. And I think that's why I do what I do in business. It's, it's, it's exciting for me, the fact that when I became a professional coach back in 1999, like there was no, you know, me turning around and giving my 20-year plan. Like what I do now doesn't exist. Like it didn't exist back in 1999. Like there's none of this. Like me and you are not doing a video call. We're not doing a podcast. What the hell was that back then? Um, how am I going to reach tens of thousands of people? Well, I'm not. Like if you turn to me and you said, well, Don, in 2024, you're going to be working out of your own facility. And I'm going to be like, well, where is it? And you're going to be like, it's in your backyard. I'm going to be like, well, am I allowed to do that? Commercial gyms? Like, am I allowed to have people come over and train them there? Like, you're not going to be training people then. And then I'm going to be like, what are you talking about? Like, how am I making a living? You said I'm still a coach, right? Like you are. Well, how am I connecting? Well, you're in over 70 countries. What, am I flying to 70 different countries? Like, how am I doing? Like, all this stuff didn't exist. So when you hear, you know, everyone out there copying each other and trying to systematize something, whether it's your morning, you know, your bullshit morning routine that everyone wants to jump on. Oh, you know, I wake up and, you know, burn incense out of my ass and and then sit in a, in a sauna every morning. And I, and I lay off my phone for the first hour because I don't want to be exposed to blue light. And, you know, and then you hear guys like Dave Asprey and all these people talking like that. And then you, you know, you go and you see them train. You're like, guys, move some weight, man. Like You're like, <laughs> turn up the intensity a little bit. And I don't mean to knock them, but like at the end of the day, we get so focused on specific areas when like turn around and look at all the people who've maybe done programs that were poor programming. They worked hard. Like, I want to see you go into the gym and I want to see you push. I want to see you get under a weight and I want to see you be a little nervous about it. Like, I want to see, like, have you built that training age up? Have you done these things? So, you know, it, it's wild now for me to listen to coaches who instantaneously want this stuff and they want to neglect hard work. And my journey over the last 25 years, people do not want to go through what I went through. They don't want to do it. They want to make the money I'm making now. They want to, you know, have the schedule I have now. They want to be in the light. I, fine. If they want to do that, I understand. But like, I can't tell you how many DMs I get. Like, I want to do what you do. And I almost laugh. I'm like, you want to do what I do? Start cleaning up weights in your first gym. You know, park, do the early bird special where you have to park before 5 a.m. for $13.50 because you can't afford to park after that. Be there till 11 p.m. from 5 a.m. 
rinse and repeat every single day. Never say no to clients. Continue to push your body to a level because you knew that was part of your business card. Don't give me the bullshit of, oh, well, I don't have time. I have to take on clients. I would never take on another, another client um, over myself. I would never do it. I would turn people away. Oh, sorry. That's my, that's, that's my time. I need that for myself. So, you know, I, I think what I love about this is that I'm continuing to learn. We're continuing to create new avenues of revenue and uh, work's exciting. It's, it's gone in a direction that I couldn't have predicted. No one could have predicted, right? Like we're using devices now to breathe into, to tell us the amount of carbs and fats that we're eating. Like it is the future now, you know, and, and, and that's what's fun. So I think from a business standpoint, it's um, I'm more excited now as excited as I was back in 1999, I am even more motivated now because we can reach that many more people. As for my own body, oh my God, as for my own health, think about like, it's the same thing. It's like, it's, we can, the resources, the tools that we have, the knowledge that we gain and every single workout, every single moment of my life, I continue to develop that discipline to the point where I, when I met my wife, I told her, I said, there's things about me you're going to love and there's things about me you're not going to understand. Like you're going to wake up, we're going to wake up. We'll be in Disney with the kids and I'll be off training. Like, don't give me a hard time. Like, Walking down don't do it. Yeah. Like, no, or no, don't give me a hard time about being at the gym. Don't give me a hard time about, you know, if I have to eat for a shoot and we're at a holiday dinner and I'm packing my food in, in Tupperware. Do I always have to do that? Sometimes I do. Don't ever talk me out of that. Don't ever, It was my way of saying like, this is part of my survival. This is part of who I am. And, you know, and I married an incredible woman and she allows me to be who I am. And that allows us, you know, you know, one of the reasons why we are successful is that she allows, she doesn't try and put handcuffs on me. She's like, go run, do your thing that, that, that you need. And she knows that when I do that, it allows me to be a better worker, a better husband, a better father. And um, so for me, I, I think it's the excitement in both areas of being able to improve and not get worse. Like I was just on the cover of the muscle and fitness two months ago. Like my body composition is in a great place. Like, am I as good as I was when I'm 25? I think I'm better. Am I getting stronger? Yes. Is my mobility getting better? Yes. Is my, am I getting more well-rounded on my conditioning? Absolutely. Like there's just, I, I am a believer that we can continue to improve. Do I understand that where I'm getting older? Sure. We all are. Do I understand things are going to get more difficult? Sure. Do I understand that my level of focus has to be at a specific level for me to be able to maintain and build that? Yes. Right. And there are days where I like to go out and maybe I'll have a beer or two. And there are days where people are doing that and I'm sitting there drinking water. And it's just like, don't get in the way of what I need to do and, and what I want to accomplish. The friends I surround myself with, they understand it. My family around me, they understand it. It's never like have another drink. It's never a guilt trip because they know by now this is part of what allows me to be happy in life. This is not hard for me to turn down that piece of pizza. It's more difficult for me if I was eating it every day because I'd feel terrible about myself. Wow. I love that, man. This is like, you know, when someone is as passionate as you are about what they do, it's why this is one of my favorite questions to ask. And thanks, I, brother. a lot of what you said there, man, is like, it's so relative to the times we're in, right? Because we see someone, you know, happy and successful. And they're doing everything like you are to, 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 to do the things that they want to accomplish. And we're living in a time where I notice a lot of people, they want to do it quick. They're not recognizing the years, the decades that you've had to put in to get to the point you're in. And I just see how much through everything you said is you're someone that is um, preaching about 
enjoying the journey. And I, uh, I'm no video gamer, but I always like <laughs> to say that I like to gamify my life and yeah. there's checkpoints. There's, it's a never ending video game that, you know, you can continue to build as you play. And, you know, when I see everything that you're doing, it's, 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 it's where you're able to kind of take your creativity uh, in combination with your passion for health and be able to now do so many of the different things you're doing, right? It's exactly yeah. why, Don, when I get someone who comes into our gym, especially adults, like I find especially, I'm going to pick on the like mid-20s and up individual that whether they've gone through college or not, they're in the workforce for at least five years. And they've gotten into such a monotonous routine where they're doing the same thing every day and they're they're bored like let's just face it they're, they're a little bit bored they're, they're, they're seeking something exciting in their life and they try something like jujitsu right like they they're doing it for their health they're doing it because their buddy told them it's cool they listened to joe rogan they said that there's some benefits right and i think one of the most exciting things is getting someone to do it and i can see in their eyes like that 12 year old you know yeah. like the same way like when you were talking and sharing like your passion for everything related to health it's like I think that inner child and that 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 thing that we have within us that makes us excited. I think we we need to constantly challenge ourselves, whether it's through work or our personal life, to do something new or something that at least is never ending and challenging us. And yeah, yeah, and and I do and I do agree with that to an extent. But I, I'm hearing a lot over the last year of you know do things that are difficult and. You know, I also think we've gotten a little away from, you know, what that actually means. So, yeah, like, for, 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 for me, like, doing something difficult isn't jumping in an ice bath. Like, I understand how people want to say that. It's, it's like, well, doing something difficult, jumping in an ice bath for three minutes. I'm like, oh, I, like, I think any human being can do that. Like, no, honestly, if you are like, if you turn to me right now, you're like, I absolutely hate the cold. Like, I absolutely hate it. I can't sit in an iPad for, uh, for a minute. And I'm like, listen, here's a million dollars right now. You got to give me three minutes. Can you do it? The answer is yes. No one's going to pop out early. People are going to grind through it. In my opinion, they're going to find a way to get through it. A million bucks. Like, you better sit through it. Like, it's going to – right. <laughs> but I think, like, we start looking at that stuff because everyone's kind of copycat, copycatting – if that's even a word, I've just cre created it – copycatting the, the next person. They're always trying to incorporate what so-and-so is doing. And I'm like – Man, like I, I get it, and I and I love cold plunging, and I love doing saunas, and I and I love incorporating this stuff in. But like, you're so upset right now that you are not changing your body composition, or you're so upset right now that your body isn't moving the way it needs to move, or you're so upset right now that like you're not getting a good night's sleep, right? Like that to me is challenging yourself that's difficult like when you have to come in day in and day out and you have to do these monotonous things over and over and over and i think that's when people start shooting themselves in the foot was when they're always looking for this fluff and they're always like looking to do something different and they can't actually ever focus on improving those basic things i think that also like fine well it's good and, and the argument could be like well doing something's better than nothing i'm like sure I, I, I get that. Let's put that aside. Like, I'm happy you're moving, but you're also sitting here telling me that the last three years you haven't changed your body composition at all. And that's really important to you. Or the last three years, um, you know, you have a couple of your hormone doctors telling you that, you know, we want to improve these levels and um, you're not doing the basic things to want to improve that. You just want to go right to a needle. 
right? I, I just like that. I don't agree with. Like I, I again, you said it earlier. We want these quick fixes, and the things that I've learned most in life, the lessons that I've learned, and I can talk like I'm a vet now, man. I've been doing this now 25 years. I've been, you know, training. I've been training 30 years, like over 30 years, and um, you know, it's it's this is level of discipline and dedication, and and some of the best moments in my life have come from waking up and not wanting to go in there and never, never, never giving in. I have never in my life turned around and said, I'm not going to do it on a day I'm doing it. There was one time in college where I walked in and I literally was on an hour sleep. And it was to the point where like, I was dizzy. I was like, this is ridiculous. Like go back, go back to bed. And I walked out of the gym. That was 1996. It has never happened. I mean, I've, and people think that's crazy. Like, well, wait a second. What about when you were sick? What about when you had Lyme's disease? I'm like, okay, like, like I still trained. I still did something. If I had to be moving, I had to move. I COVID, sure. Like I, I, I had my, I, I got my shot. I went, I trained. I felt like shit, probably worse <laughs> symptoms than I did when I had COVID. I needed to do it. Well, it's not good for you. Well, it says so. So, so, so like, why? Cause I put my body under stress when it was stressed. Like I needed it mentally. Like this is stuff that I need to do mentally. It's not about the bicep. It's about, you know, what am I doing up here? And it's establishing that discipline. And it's saying that like, you know, we can find a way to get something done. Right. This morning, last night I had a two hour hockey game after a close to a two hour lower body session with my training buddy. It's four hours of training yesterday. And I worked a full day. I played till 1130. Did I wake up this morning and was my readiness a little off? Sure. <laughs> like, absolutely, man. Like, let's be very clear here. What did I do? I went through my routine. I hydrated. You know, I, I took my my morning supplements. You know, I um, had a meal. I came out. Today was more of an ISO whole day, an easier day. The volume got gets diminished on Thursdays. And we do that because we have hockey's Wednesday, Wednesdays. But we do it because... The workout takes us 30 minutes. The intensity is low, but it allowed me to wake up and feel tight to leave here feeling great and feeling energetic. Now that is training. It's not always about turning around and going 110, 115%. It's not about Rocky. It's not about going balls to the wall. If anything, I think there's a lot of great lessons from that, but I think it also sets up the standard that's unrealistic. No human being, you haven't, I haven't, has gone in every day and continually gotten stronger, gotten in better shape, had high levels of energy, like it's going to happen. You're going to come in and you're going to feel like shit, right? It's just going to happen. But you got to make a decision right now. Is it like, all right, do you start giving into these things, right? And, and do you start establishing this pattern? pattern? Connor, did you see Conor McGregor's documentary? Do you, do you remember yeah, when yeah. he was turning? Yeah. Do you remember when he when he turned around after he lost a big, big match to, uh, I think, Poirier, right? Mm -hmm. Dustin Poirier. And they were like, what happened? And I, I'm going to screw the story up. But he was like, you know what? Like, Suddenly, like my wake up, my wake up time changed, and suddenly, like I was supposed to train at a certain time, and that changed. And I am a believer that, like, once you start giving into that discipline and you start making, well, at least I got it in. Okay, like you're doing great, but like, are you going to find that that level of excellence? Are you going to take yourself to a point where you are world class? And I believe, like, the answer most of the time is no. Like for me, I know it is. If I'm giving in and suddenly like, I'm not feeling 100 percent today, let me take off tomorrow. Like. This isn't about like, you know, me looking at my aura and saying, well, maybe my readiness is down a little bit. Like, no, I got to get this session in right now. I'm traveling tomorrow. If my readiness is off a little bit, I got to step up because I'm on the road tomorrow. I can't get it in tomorrow, right?
how many times that I'm sure you and me have seen with a client where like it's the session that they were really wanting to cancel, but by the end of their workout, they're like, I'm really glad I came today. I mean, as much as that sucked, but like never regretted it after is amazing, right? Who who regrets it? Who regrets showing up and getting through it on a day they didn't want it? I've never heard anyone turn around and been like, you know what? I felt like shit when I came in. I feel a lot better, but I still think I shouldn't have come in. Like, all right, maybe if it's like you're if you're doing stuff that's putting you into danger or which which can happen. Like if you are if you're beat up and you're coming in, you're doing Olympic lifting and you're snatching and you need stuff that's a high level of skill or you're fight training, like, yeah, man, like this is this is real. This stuff's real. Like you've seen people get really hurt in these situations. Like you gotta make good you gotta make good decisions here. But you know, for the general pop out there, I feel like if you're getting off that plane from you know, Singapore, you're rolling to the gym. What am I telling you to do? Grab a bottle of water, go hop in the shower. Let's spend the first 20, 30 minutes unwinding the body, getting it loose. We can hit a little bit of strength just to kind of hit the system a little bit. Maybe some, some, some quick tempos at the end, get the body sweating, go get a shake or a meal in you. And you know what? Go get a good night's sleep or try to get a good night's sleep. I guarantee you, you will be in a better place. And then it's rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. That's what it is. It's like the human body is like this, call it one, what you want, this F1, this Formula One car, this NASCAR. It's like you pull in the pit during a race, yeah. there's always something different to adjust. And that's what people don't understand. Like I have a friend of mine who's like, my knee's a little wonky. I'm like, listen, you're over 60 years old and you were away for two weeks in Aspen. How many days did you skate? 12 times out of 14 days. Okay. Well, you had, a knee, you had a knee issue and it's a little achy. Yeah, it's just a little achy. I'm upset. I'm like, well, you know what? Good for you. Like, pretty damn good. You know, 12 days on the mountain out of 14, skiing the way that you ski and you're feeling a little soreness in there, join the club. Most people are going to feel sore also. It's like, now what do we do? We have to, the term I like to use is floss. We like to get the waist out of that joint a bit. And what do we do for recovery? What do we do for movement? Am I in there having the person do rear foot elevated split squats where it's a very knee dominant movement, probably a little too strenuous, right? Or are we focusing more on hip dominant movements? Are we squatting wide to a box? Am I grabbing the suspension trainer, trying to keep a vertical knee, um, a vertical tibia to, to the knee, right? And really focus on that hinge a little bit more. Like, yeah, I'm going that route. So, you know, I, I do, I, I love movement. You love movement. I think it's one of those things where we don't always have to say, stop, quit, it's over. There are times we do that. Most of the time, with general public, with the general public, we got to keep it moving. Yeah. And I mean, to just like pick more on that with general public, I think something that's exciting is to just pick apart the psychology of, 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 of changing one's mindset to going from, you know, I have to do this because I'm realizing I'm going against the grain with aging to, I want to do this. Like I I'm excited to show up for my sessions. And I just find that like, you know, you and me we're we grew up with, with moving. Like this is something I'm like, you probably started, you know, sports at an earlier age, you know, especially getting into D one college sports. And it's like, for me, I remember starting to get into Taekwondo at nine. And I tell my, my students this, I'm like, if I don't work out, you'll, I'll be stressed, you know, like I have to get it in. But I think the biggest surprise for me, Don was like, to be very honest, like working and managing in a commercial gym and, realizing that many people they don't have even a relationship at all with movement 
they maybe didn't play sports at all growing up. Like perhaps this is now a conversation around what parents should do to encourage their kids to play. And in a, in a tech savvy world we live in now, I think more so than ever before, if that's not being insinuated by parents, people go from their childhood to adulthood sitting. And Mm -hmm. you and I both know um, how bad that is for the body. So what I'm wanting to get at with this is, you know, how do you then with that general population person, because there's many people out there that they want to be as excited as us. Like, what are some of the things you do to make that person feel more excited to show up for their workouts or just more so changing their behavior around like, hey, like, let's make this exciting. Let's make you want this because I don't want to keep working with someone who looks at this as a drag, you know? Yeah, and it's a great question. Listen, I, I think one of the first questions you got to dive into when sitting with someone and screening them. We always talk about the medical screening, incredibly important, or whatever functional movement screening that you're using to assess movement qualities. But I think uh, as a coach, you need to sit there and start gaining an understanding of the psychology. Like, who are you working with? Like, all right, have you ever had a have you, have you ever had a trainer b- before? Have you ever worked with a coach? Yeah. So tell me about that experience. Well, I liked him a lot. Why'd you like him? Well, we did. We always mixed it up. Or we never mix it up. He allowed me just, I'm not, I'm someone that doesn't want to mix it up. I want to, so I think right there, those are two completely different answers. And, you know, we can, we can point out the pros and cons to both, but, you know, there's reasons why I can say mixing it up all the time is great. And there's reasons why I can say is not mixing up much is great, right? Like we want to be able to improve those movement qualities. I think sometimes when there's too much variability, it's like, all right, well, we're never actually getting better at this. Like we want you to improve this. Like we've, we've got to spend a little bit of time doing this. So I, I think understanding who you're working with. And then as a coach, you need to have tools in the toolbox. Like if someone's coming to me out of the gate and they're like, I hate lifting with barbells. I hate dumbbells. Does it really matter to me? Like, no, I've got other tools I can use. Maybe they want to start learning how to really work a kettlebell. Maybe they need to work off of a cable. Maybe they need to do band work. You know, maybe they want to do strongman work. You know, maybe, you know, maybe just something completely, you know, maybe they're working with Vipers now. Maybe it's just, it's the visual. Maybe it was a bad experience that they had with a coach. So, you know, I think that's really important for most coaches to do. And they don't do that. They're always thinking of it as like, well, my question here is, how's your health history? <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, <laughs> you know are you sleeping seven hours a day? It's like check boxes, check boxes, check boxes. Like, Let's gain an understanding of the psychology of that individual. I, I've told this story before, but I am going to re- repeat it because it is, it is really, um, it's very valid. I had a client of mine years ago, 20 years ago, that came in and he's like, I want to work with TRX. You know, it's a suspension trainer. Everyone's calling it TRX at the time. It was a, it's, a, it's a brand. And we've all worked with suspension trainers. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, kind of in the back of my head, I'm rolling my eyes. I'm like, oh, we got one of these now. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> But like, so now we have to create TRX. And I said, he goes, honestly, I want to work the core. I want to work the TRX. And I really have no interest in doing all the other stuff. And it was at a time we were just opening our club. So like, what am I going to do? Am I going to tell him no? Like, I would never tell him that, right? But I said, all right, well, let's let's start getting you working with a suspension trainer. So then what did I do over the next month? I, I brought some variability to the table. I gave him a lot of what he wanted. I mixed in a little bit of what I want with a lot of the movement, you know, a, a lot of the um, – dynamic you know warm-ups based off of the our tpi screen at the time and then he turned to me four weeks after we were training and he said it was like the greatest words out of his mouth dude this is awesome so what else do you have for me and then suddenly like he allowed me to 
come in with my expertise and he allowed me to now start delivering. And we're friends to this day. He's messaging me this morning. Um, we were sending each other some, some funny DM and I trained this guy for years and years and years. He invested in some of my businesses. He's been a mentor to me, incredibly successful, but you develop a relationship. And you don't do that from coming in there and saying, you don't know what you're talking about. Or, you know, if he's saying, I hate goblet squats, I blew my back out. And you see a coach sitting there trying, well, maybe you didn't do it right. Come on, man. Like, be a little bit better than that. Like, this person's coming in here already with a bad affiliation. What is the upside here that what? You get him doing something he doesn't want to do on day one. Think about the downside. Think about if maybe there's something structural going on there you as a coach didn't know about. Think about if he's immediately holding that bell and he's so or she is so paranoid about doing this movement that something does go in his or her back. Like, what is that? How's that going to make you? First off, you're, you're doing the client an injustice. How's that going to make you look as a coach? You're going to be fired on the spot. So, like, it's your but we need to squat. You sit on the toilet. You're absolutely right. Maybe it doesn't start with a bell. Maybe you know, on day one, maybe we get them into some split squatting or some step ups, right? And then maybe in week three, we have them do some suspension trainer squats. Then maybe it's body weight squats to a box, vertical knee tib. And then suddenly it's like wax on, wax off, right? Like you're suddenly tricking them into these patterns, right? A lot of glute bridging, get those glutes to activate, right? Maybe it's bringing your physical therapist in to look at how the person's moving. Is there any red flags here? Anything I need to know about? Yeah, you need more of this. You know, that to me is coaching. But that's a lot of work, isn't it? Like most trainers don't want to do that. Most trainers, any trainer who wants, I'm saying this right now, it's a bold statement. Any trainer, in my opinion, right now, who thinks the session starts and stops in the beginning of that hour and the end of that hour, in my opinion, they're never going to be, never going to be a good coach. And they're never going to go anywhere in the business. Because what's going to happen is it's going to be all be about checking boxes. It's going to be, it's going to be a very small-minded approach of collecting their session rate. And they're never really going to open their eyes to the fact that your clients are your business card. They are your opportunity to grow. You know how many clients I know have invested in coaches or have turned around and own a construction company. And the next thing you know, they're renovating their house or their apartment or they're building them a gym in New York City like it happened for me, an opportunity, like get in front of more people. If someone's turning to me and be like, would you rather train three people at 600 an hour or would you rather train nine people at, you know, whatever the math is on that, you know, 200 and whatever it is, at the 200 an hour. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what would I rather do? I'd rather train the nine people at 200 an hour. And you know what? People are going to look at me and say, you're fucking crazy. They're going to be, why would you train more and make less? I'm like, opportunity. You're training three people at 600 an hour. The second one of them goes on vacation or one of them gets sick or takes a day off, you just lost a third of your revenue. And on top of it, three people, really? I want to be in front of nine. I want to be in front of nine. I want them off at dinner talking about me. I want all nine of them walking into a party saying, what are you doing? How did you make this change? Who are you working with? That is opportunity. But again, everyone wants to work less and make more. I, I, I mean, my, my work schedule has changed completely since my uh, days back at Equinox in 1999, right? Completely different. Um, I work as hard, if not harder. And I'm making connections and I'm still doing the little things 
you know, like treating people a certain way and, and, and adding value to people's lives and doing things where I don't expect anything in return. And when you start doing that and you get around a, a group of people, a unit of people, we all want to see each other succeed. Wow. Like it is incredible. The business and the opportunity that pops up. That's awesome. That's like, you know, when I, when I think about it, it's so important for people to recognize in any job that you, you really say you want to be successful at is, is don't call it a job, you know, call it your lifestyle. And as much yeah. as yes, there's moments where you do need to shut your brain off. You're with your wife, you're having sure. your kids, like that's your focus. But on those drives home, you know, you're thinking about what's going to add more value to your client. You're thinking about, yeah. you know, like you're thinking about that person to your point, because they, they're your business card. And I love the way you frame that. And, you know, I know in about two minutes here, Don, it's going to log out and then we'll log right back in because it's a four minute timer on my Zoom. So uh, something I want us to kind of frame in this way is the fact that, you know, you never know who you're going to meet and you never know what impact they could have on your life. And I find that you are someone who uh, does a fantastic, organic, authentic approach to first impressions. I think that's what gravitated me to you um, right off the bat is like, you walk into your room into a room and it's noticeable. Like people are gonna turn heads because you. you're demanding your presence and and you're you're engaging people in. And I find oftentimes a lot of people will go, well, that's not me. That's not my personality. I'm I'm not as extroverted as you. You know, like like I heard that a lot even when I do presentations. But I just kind of want to know, like, I'm gonna flip this. I'm gonna ask you what makes someone else for you land a good impression for you like what makes you go wow like i say i think i think you just jumped in my head i i think i honestly think you just jumped in my head because i was <laughs> thinking of a story that i wanted to tell you and you teed me up perfectly love it perfectly seriously well done um i met this kid recently 20 year old kid i'm not going to give his name um i was teaching at a course um you know that wasn't in new york and you know he showed up Youngest kid at the seminar, you know, working a job in group training, not making much money, but he was, but he was cool, right? Like he was, um, you know, gave my number, said, let's keep in touch, you know, starts texting me a bunch. I'm sitting there going, oh man, this is going to be a problem. But I'll be honest. I'm going to give you my, I'm going to give you my, my honest feeling on this. And, um, but he showed up to the event. Then I had an event, um, a barn immersion and he came by and again, humble sponge asking all the right questions then i turned around and i went to an event with my friend dr gabrielle line over the weekend and this kid showed up again so now like comes in texts me like hey man i'm on the way and i'm like laughing now at this kid because now i'm really starting to like this kid <laughs> i understand that he's genuine persistent but he wa- persistent but he's like he's being persistent he shows up to this event in um texas and He's at the sitting in the front of the room, and you know he's, oh, he's over here talking to me. And out of nowhere, everyone's coming to me, and they, and, and they know me, and they're just getting to know him. And they're like, "I love this kid." Like everyone, and all the speakers started pointing him out at, at one point. The youngest one there, and then I had a conversation with him um, there. And then we were going to the airport. I had to change my flight. I happened to get on the same flight as him, so I called him up and I um, I shot him a text. I said, "Hey man, listen, I'm shooting to the airport. Save the money." Jump in an Uber with me. I'll buy you dinner at the airport. We're going to be a little early. He's like, done. So we shoot to the airport. 
we kind of split. I go through my, you know, I have my TSA and all my stuff. He's on the normal line. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a kid getting started. Right. And we go through and um, have dinner together. And I remember turning to him being like, Hey man, listen, we're getting personal here. And I asked him, cause he's telling me about his career. Like, what do you make? And he told me what he made. Not a lot of money, which is what he should be doing. He's 20 years old. And I said, how much does this trip cost you? And it cost him um, to go for two days. It cost him close to two weeks of his salary. Damn. And he booked on Expedia and he did all this stuff. So should I feel bad for him there? Well, we all went through this. But I'm kind of like, we're in a different era now. Now suddenly I, I, you know, I, I looked at him like, holy shit. And then I was like, all right, so you just spent close to two weeks of your salary on this trip for two days. And he didn't smile at me. He went, yeah. I nodded at him. I said, brother, I'm, I'm, I'm going to help you out. But I said, but for one second, if I see you develop an ego, if one second you start backing off and you start going easy at this, I said, I'm done. I said, but I'm going to help you out. What do I mean by that? Like, I'm going to be, I'm going to mentor you. I'm going to be your sounding board. Like, I want us, we're going to talk. I'm going to guide you along this path. I'm going to make some intros for you. But the entire time, you are going to work harder and harder. You have something to prove. You have something to prove. You're the youngest in the room, right? Like you have something to prove. Like 25, 26, I want you ahead of the game. The resources you have access to right now at 20 years old were not resources that I had resources to people. I had resources to seminars like this. I had resources to webinars. I wasn't able to go on and listen to someone like you educate me or, or whatever it is. Like I had to go and meet coaches and hire coaches and go take certifications. Everything was about a certification and learn and learn and learn and learn and make, make mistakes. He was one of the first young guys that I've met in a while that gave me the impression that he's like, I know I'm going to get this shit kicked out of me. I know it's going to happen and I'm, and I'm getting ready for it. And it was that attitude right now, which is what, what allowed me to turn around and say, is this is what I want to see in a, in a young person. My, my head coach at my club was someone that reached out to me. And you, I think you heard the story. This, did I ever tell you that? I'm going to tell everyone now because they're going to want to hear. But like for, for six months, I had this coach reaching out to me on, on email. I want to work for you. 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 Like, Chris, I don't have enough. I don't have enough people. I, I just hired three new coaches or whatever it was, two new coaches. Finally, it's like August. Sixth time he reaches out to me. I'm laughing. I'm looking at the trail of emails. I'm like, this guy's reached out to me every month, like on the dot. Like it must be in his calendar. And finally, I'm like, dude, what's your what's your phone number? I want to talk to you. And I call him up and I'm like, I'm like, man, I, I don't know how you did it. He goes, did what? I'm like, you reached out to me six times. You didn't annoy me. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so that right there means like that's a really good thing. Like somehow you reached out to me six times. I said no, and I'm not getting annoyed. Like, I'm really impressed. And he laughed. And I said, listen, man, you, you would have to – this is exactly what I said. I'll never forget. Go, You'd have to start at, like, 5 a.m. He goes, no problem. I go, well, where are you going to live? He goes, my friend of mine said I could stay on this couch for a few months. I said, well, how far is that? He goes, it doesn't matter. I'll be there at 10 to 5. Wow. I'll be there be before 5. I said, listen, man, I don't have a lot of volume for you. I'm not going to have a lot of people. Like, are you going to be able to survive? He goes, I'll be fine. I said, but I want to warn you that, that, that you're not going to make enough money. Like, it's, it's going to, like, how are you going to survive? He goes, I want to be there. And two years later, out of my two facilities, out of the 20-plus coaches I had, 
He was my director of performance. Wow. He became my director of performance. I had guys in there for 13, 14, 15 years. He became my director of performance. And everything he did it the right way. When it was time for a raise, he came in. He goes, by the way, um, these are the numbers that I'm doing. This is what I think I can increase here. I want to start this program. Um, I would expect to get, get paid X, but you're going to get Y in the room. Every time we walked in, I'm like, fuck, man. I'm going to have to pay this kid more money, but he's at least justifying <laughs> it. Now where he's like coming in saying, like, I want more money because I've been here for five years. I'm like, well, you know, what's going to warrant me paying you more money? Like, we, like this is an agreement. Like, you're a coach. Like, there's only so much, like, my margins need to be X. Otherwise, my club's going to close. Like, I can't just keep paying more money, right? Like, there's a certain amount of money that the club has to make and you have to make. But he was able to turn around and figure out ways to make the club more money. And that, to me, like, these are people that impress me. They don't want things handed to them. They expect to work. They want to learn. They're going to take every cent that they have and reinvest it into themselves. Now, on the other hand, you've got some people at 22, 23 years old getting, well, I need, I need to save. Well, it sounds logical. Well, I need to be smart with my money. Like, okay, it sounds logical. Like, I'm, I'm, at the, I'm at the thought process of like, at a young age, you have no risk. You have no family, you have no wife, you have no mortgage. Reinvest. Take that money that you're making, put, put it back in yourself. Yes, keep a little cushion away in case you... You need it. I didn't really do that early on. I just, every penny I made, I reinvested in myself. I was hiring coaches that were, you know, older than me that were doing it longer. I was flying to specific conferences in California, you know, spending three grand on certifications and then another $500 or $250 on round trip and then and in hotel. It's like every conference you go to is five G's in the, out of your pocket. It's like, you know how it is. This stuff adds up food. You know, you're, you're sitting here going to dinner with someone. You want to pick up a bill because they're giving you their time. Like, there's just things that I think you need to do. And, and, and nowadays, people don't want to do that. They want to sit there. They want to walk into the same facility. They want to train, train the same clients. But they want a different outcome. How are we going to, like, get a different outcome? You're throwing a ball at a wall. Like, great, you're making money. Don't complain to me that you're not going anywhere in your career. Like, you've got to put your – I've – I've gotten rid of my book. I'm going to say a bold statement right now. I've never met a coach in my life, in my 25 plus years, in my 40,000 plus hours of, of training people. I've never met a coach anywhere close to me. I, the amount of times I've given up my entire book. Like literally, like here's my whole book. When, yeah. I, when, I, when I left Equinox, when I left the training ground, when I left Elysium, when I left the Ritz-Carlton Battery Park, when I started drive, that's five times there. Then these are full book, 40 to 60 sessions a week. Then at drive, every time I have a new trainer coming in and I wanted to get them busy because I'm like, I want them to stay. I want to make money off of them. I need them to be busier. I give up all my people. I would just give up all my people. And that's an art within itself. I could tell everyone how to do that. Like, cause you've got egos and you don't want to damage egos. Yeah. So, but giving, and then I gave my book up over 15 years. I've probably given my book up at drive alone minimum 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 five to seven times and by book i just want to make sure like we're on the same page and audience recognize like that's your book of business like people that's my book of business that, that's like, my book of business are working with you that are that want to only work with you and that's why i get the art of it it's like no don i'm here for you it's like well you don't trust you know so and so there's all my there's a there's an art we could do a full podcast on that on, on not damaging egos i could build a career on on that but um yeah i, I would give up my book because it was more important to me to see my business grow. You know, it's like the comparison working on your business or working in your business. Like, right. It's like, I like when I'm sitting there training all 
please people. There's so many things I couldn't get done, but I needed to make a living. But then someone would come in and they'd be like, you know, I just got two new clients, man. If I only had three more, like, listen, I'm going to hook you up. Like, this is what we're going to do. I've got so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. I spoke to them. They're willing to jump in. We're going to tell them that I'm traveling a bunch. You're going to come in. You're going to shadow me one time, two times. We're going to get them comfortable. You're going to do that on your own time. And then when I'm leaving, we're going to move them in to get some feedback. See how they look. How'd you like Chris? God, I loved him. Yeah. She did some things that were a bit different than what you did. Like really enjoyed him. Like he was real. Well, listen, that's fantastic because I've got a bunch of travel going up, uh, coming up. And the last thing I want you to do is I, I want you to hold back your progress because I'm away bettering my education, obviously trying to better the club. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to stick you with him. Do you mind? Oh, not, not at all. Thank you. Like it's suddenly a different conversation, right? And that's why we would always pass around clients that drive is because I never thought like it wasn't like the trainer's client. Like I had trainers look at me, well, my clients. Like, it's not your clients. Like we gave you the client. Like you're making money for the club, but you're also making money for yourself. I want to make sure that everyone works together. So we never had from a business standpoint, I never wanted it where like if that, when that trainer left or suddenly they're like, I'm going with him. Like you, because they, they only had exposure to that one trainer, right? So you wanted to make sure that they kind of move their ways around. So I would tell the coaches, travel whenever you want, but you got to get coverage. So then suddenly that's my rule. So then suddenly everyone's working with everyone. And then the club's making more money. The trainers are making more money. When this trainer goes away, that trainer's making more money. Everyone's happy. Revenue was up, but these were little truck tricks that we implemented into, uh, you know, running our, running our spots. And and that right there, I mean, like everything from what we talked about there in that last piece from first impressions to scaling, I I find that the difference is the way you feel in this person's DMing me, wanting to, to, to know all my secrets and think that they're going to become successful by spending an hour with me, by me calling them back, maybe it's an off-air podcast or it's an on-air conversation compared to, wait a second, they just reached out twice, three times, four times, five times. They want to work with me. They want to come to me. They want they want to actually benefit from like being on the ground. And that just goes back to what you said at the beginning of the podcast where it's like, you know, you got to get your hands dirty and you got to know that like wherever someone is, they may be here. Well, you don't get from here to here. That's why like when I relate it to me as a jujitsu athlete, like there's a reason why it takes an average of 10 years to get to black belt. But there's always a funny question when students start. And I feel like it's just the world we live in is, you know, when am I going to get my blue belt done? You know, what do I have to do to get my blue belt? And I just, I'm now at a point where I, I say it nice at first, but I'm just like, guys, like the secret to getting better is showing up like plain and simple. Like there's no code. You're not going to go on YouTube and look up how to escape half guard and like, and, and magically figure it out. You got to show up. And, and that's one of the biggest reasons why people actually fall off the grid because they're two years into something and they're scratching their head and they're going, this is either taking too long or um, I'm not liking, um, you know, getting my ass beat. And, and I relate those on mat experiences to the off mats is I've learned more done from my failures in the fitness industry than I have from the successes. And it's just recognizing that I, I'm going to have to like, get my ass kicked in a way. Right. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. sit back. And I think those are those moments where when you lose, you go, what happened there? And right. I find that like, I just wanted to add that because I think it's so important for us to recognize, like you can't do it all by yourself. And I love how, no. you know, with the scaling thing, like I'll share with you a recent decision I made with our gym is 
I was enjoying, I'm not going to lie. I love being strength coach, jujitsu coach, admin, sales. And recently we onboarded one of our students for sales. We uh, took on one of our good friends to teach the kids program. And it just, it, it's given me a breath of fresh air now to just back to your point, like do other things with your time to scale your business. And, um, you know, I know I only have five minutes left with you, but I think mm-hmm. on a personal note, it'd be great to like hear advice from you on how I can take what it is I'm doing and, and scale. And I think some things I think about personally, and maybe there's other people out there listening to this where they're a gym owner or they're managing a gym. And I know for me, I scaled by no longer being an employee at a commercial gym, running my own. I have one location and now this is my debacle is in the next year, I'll make a decision when my lease ends. Do we go location number two and extend this the, this lease with what we currently have? Or do we go, wait a minute, let's get one Mecca. Let's, let's you know, this two-year lease is good. Let's shift to a way bigger location. And <clears throat> there also, of course, add in online concepts. But I'm just wondering in your journey, when you began, and you're kind of thinking of the whole multi-location, like help more people type situation. Does that, you know, work in this day and age? Or do you think it's, uh, I'm spreading myself too thin with what we're offering when it's the martial arts and strength and fitness and even like what you think my next step would be if you were to consult this situation? Yeah, no, I think it's a great question, right? I, I think when I, um, I could have scaled at a much quicker rate. I didn't really, I think at the time, my my business partner just wasn't, passionate about it right it's someone that i got in the, you know i was in bed with early on and he just wasn't passionate about the that whole growth piece of it there's other things that he wanted to do and i think that's that's fair it's like i'm never i never want someone to do something they don't want to do so i think the first thing is is you got to ask yourself like where is your passion and purpose taking you if if, if growing and scaling is something you really want to do i think you need to also recognize that you're not going to be able to do that on your own and who could you bring in that is going to help really run and scale the business. I was talking to one of my friends yesterday that was hired by a um, an, an individual brand online and she was hired years ago, but now is on full time to help really scale. And the, and the CEO is going to kind of step aside a little bit. They'll be the face of the brand, but now this new person is going to come in who has experience with scaling to really help facilitate areas that this other person, this original CEO wasn't able to to, to do. So, you know, I, I never tell anyone like, don't do something because you think it's a good idea and you're not passionate about it. Like if you're going to jump into a, a big venture, like opening another location, you're sitting there like, well, I don't know. Like I would just tell you right now, don't do it because it's, it, it's war out there. Right. I think you've got to sit here and you've got to have this belief that you're going to, that you want to do this and this is the right thing to do. And I think it's also recognizing that if you're a coach and you're handling strength and jujitsu and admin and all this stuff, at a certain point, like you just got to bring someone in that can, you know, help. And that, again, that might be reinvesting into your business. Well, you're going to make an extra 60000 less next year. It's suddenly like, okay, but if I want to do this and I have a game plan, like can someone come in here right now or can you find someone that can look at your concept and say, no, like we need to have eight to 10 locations here. And, and, and in doing so, this is what we need to do. And you suddenly become the student where they're like, you need to continue to develop the culture you're developing. And then we're going to come back to you and we're going to tell you certain things we need to do to operate to become successful, right? It's Maybe it's a new price point for new coaches coming in. Maybe there's some new upside going on. Maybe it's new services, 
right? Maybe it's your original location. Maybe the rent is too expensive, right? Maybe the rent's fine and the taxes are too expensive, right? Like you, you have someone come in and really dissect this because you got to admit, most coaches get involved in this stuff. And <clears throat> if it's your first gym, you don't know what you're doing. I don't care what you say. I don't care what <laughs> anyone wants. I don't care how prepared you are. You get involved in this stuff and you don't have a fucking clue until you are in it running it and until you start seeing what that day-to-day is like you can go to school you can go to harvard business school you can go to wharton you are not going to know what it's like like put it this way the best example possible you could train me to be a fighter for the next 10 years but unless i ever get in the ring that first time i'm in the ring and, I, and i've done it with with boxing holy shit is that different yeah. man i was running i was running sub 5 minute miles i'll never forget the first time i sparred and i went 8 rounds i thought my heart was going to explode so true. no different. one understand <laughs> different right so suddenly but i trained i was in shape come on man well i'm 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 in shape how can i i should be able to get in a ring with someone like no 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 no, no. like it is completely different so i i, I think that's the example right it's uh, until you're in it until you're doing it and then when you're doing it and you're learning then suddenly you're exposing some choices that you made that you're probably saying to yourself, man, I wish I did this a little bit differently. That's what, that's what like, you know, like, um, like version one's for, right. That's for us to figure it out. And then at that point, if you're feeling really passionate about it, find someone who's done it, find someone who can help you do it. And then, you know, put your head down and never look back. And yeah, like I, I was always a risk taker. I was always someone that, that said, you know, I'm going to go for this and if I'm going to win, yeah, I want to win. And if I'm going to lose, I got to take ownership over it. It's going to suck, but I got to take ownership. Over. I had a lot of things that lost. I had a lot of things that won also. So that's my advice. No, I really appreciate that, man. And it just goes to show that like, you know, from everything that you've mentioned there, it just goes back to recapping our conversation around the fact that you can't do things on your own. And you should recognize that there's other people out there that you can, you know, tap into and, 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 and you know, like almost vet in terms of seeing, is this someone that can help uh, me with my mission? And something I'll share with you and our audience is my mission is to make martial arts more accessible and awesome. more demand in, in a healthy fitness setting. So you being the community networker yourself, Don, if it's you or someone you know that you feel like can help with my mission, um, feel free. We could connect on that more off air. Um, in, in 30 seconds or less, to be respectful of your time, I sure. want to ask one last question. Um, and I'm going to record this on my phone and put it on my story. Uh, it's something we ask, you know, all of our guests is, what do you believe it takes for someone to take things to the next level? You know, we're on second floor. We're all about elevating. So what is what is something that you believe it takes for someone to take it to the next level? I think you got to go all in. I think you got to go all in. Like I'm talking to all these people who are like working two jobs or balancing X, Y, and Z out. Like anytime I was removed from something and put into one thing and had only that one thing to focus on, it became successful. I wasn't successful when I was trying to juggle too many things and you just don't have time and you don't have the bandwidth for it. It's like, you want to get something done. You got to get all in. When you want to get something done, you got to look at where are your weak points? Who am I going to surround myself with to help elevate my game? Are you humble enough to turn around and admit that you made mistakes and that, you know, maybe you need to take a different approach. Like this, it is a tragedy to me when I see someone successful in business that just holds on too long. When I say hold on, I mean, they can't adapt. Well, this worked for me in the beginning. And I'm like, well, it doesn't work for you now. Like we're in, we're in a different world. It's time to think differently. And if they want to stay there, continuing to do the same thing over and over and over, like most of the time they're not going to be successful. So I, I, I think it's, you know, you want to be successful at something, you know, you look at Elon Musk or you look at Bill Gates or you look at, 
you know, these, um, you know, Steve Jobs, like they weren't like you and you hear their stories. Like, I don't know if these guys are necessarily sitting there like counting their money, like, oh, I'm, I'm worth 10 billion. Now I want to be worth 11 billion. Right. Like, I think they just in, in a way, like the impression that I always got from them is that they just they focus more on like the product and the vision and stimulating their own mind and creating and changing the world. And like that was their that was their whole focus. Like I've always like people ask me, well, what's your plan? I'm like, I want to be the modern day Jack Elaine. Like I want to be like, I got to meet him. I got to train with him. You know, I want to be the person that, you know, touches millions of lives and, and that, you know, is, is still sitting there giving attention to everyone and making them feel like we're in a room together alone. Like that's, that's always been my model and always been my business plan. But, you know, I never once sat there, you know, saying, well, I've got to be worth X. Right. Or, like, no, like, I'm just like, how do I get more people better? How do I, it's like when you're turning around and when you're training to do what you do, like, I want a black belt. Well, you better be passionate about it. And you better want to show up every day. And you better want to stay late and show up early. And you, you better want to do those things and put that work in. And guess what? You're going to have to show up on days where you're not feeling 100%. Like, it's, you know, it, it's, it's remarkable when you see someone at a high level, you know, perform and I'll, I'll, we haven't spoken about celebrities at all today which i love and I, and I thank you for it but i'll bring up ryan reynolds he's a perfect example of someone that when you see that guy behind the camera or you see him acting whatever it is there's this level of intensity and focus that he comes in there with he's not thinking about you know x y or z he is in that moment he is all in and if you, and that's what I feel like it, and he's, he's not putting a movie out to make X amount of dollars. He wants to put the best movie out. He wants to do the best performance. I saw him and Sean Levy behind the camera together. They're very good friends. They're, 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 they're making Deadpool three as we speak. And I was with them in London a few weeks ago and, you know, to see scenes, let's do it again. Let's do it again. A little more of this talk about perfection. You and I wouldn't even have picked up on it. I was more blown away, and I've been on a lot of sets. I was more blown away by that set than I think I will be by the movie, as good as the movie is. I've seen the first two. I was at the premieres. Like I'm more blown away of what goes on behind the scenes and how everyone is in there as if it's like, this is what they want to do. This is their passion and purpose. And that, for me, is pretty, pretty, uh, it's pretty motivating, and it's pretty exceptional. I love that, man. Wow. That's so cool. That's such a reminder of one thing that Sadhguru said. I was listening to, uh, he's a philosopher, not too sure if you're aware of him, but it's something I heard. I needed to hear it when I just lost a competition and I was prepping for the next comeback. And he said, you know, when you're playing a game and you have the thought of winning in mind, you now have one eye going away from the attention of you playing the game. So when you're focusing on playing the game, all of your attention is on doing it. And now you're doing it so much more joyfully with yeah. the nerves and the anxiety that comes with it's gone because you're just so focused on playing. And the best athletes in the world do just that. Is right. they're so dialed in. The best actors, to your point, they're so dialed in on, I just want to do my fucking best. <laughs> and, and when that's done, the result, that that will work itself out. So Remarkable. I feel Love like everybody. everything that you said today, Don, emulates that. I, I'm so excited to continue to follow your journey. You know, thank Thanks, you so brother. much for your time. If you have another, do me a favor. Do me a favor. Keep me, keep me posted on everything you're doing. Keep me posted on your yes. success. 
hundred percent. Anyway, if I, any, if I could be a sounding board, if you need to bounce something off of me, just, just message me and we'll jump on the call. That's incredible, man. Thank you. I know you have to go, but any feedback off air after next time will be greatly appreciated. And when Done. this goes out, if you reshare it, it'll mean the world to us, man. Done deal. I will Thank do it. So we'll uh, shoot me an email. I'll connect you with Rob and we'll get it up on stories. You got it, brother. Thank you so much for your time, man. That was awesome. Cheers, brother.